Bismillah, bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu wassalam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa mawalah, amma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah. So today inshallah the hadith is quite short but powerful, short and sweet as they say. And so I hope everybody can pay attention inshallah and contribute at the end. I'm hoping that everybody from the beginning has the mindset to, you know, maybe contribute at the end inshallah. We can make this as fruitful as possible. So this is hadith number 21 of the Arba'in al-Nawi, the 40 hadith, 40 hadith compilation of uh, Imam al-Nawi, rahimullah. And the hadith is related by Sufyan ibn Abdullah al-Thaqafi, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, in which he says, Qultu, Ya Rasulullah, qul li fil-Islam qawlan, la as'alu anhu ahadan ba'dak, wa fi, wa fi hadithi Abi Usama, ghayrak. Qala, qul amantu billah, fastaqib. So the hadith mentioned Sahih Muslim and many other places as well. And uh, this hadith, it goes as follows, that Sufyan ibn Abdullah al-Thaqafir, he says, he says, I said to the Messenger of Allah tell me something in Islam so that I won't have to ask anybody other than you or anybody after you. So, ba'daka aw ghayraka, two different narrations, but same, same sort of concept. That, let me learn, tell me something that I won't have to ask people after you or other than you. And so the Prophet responded by saying, Say, I believe in Allah, and then remain steadfast. So this is the hadith. So I want to break this up into, I think, four different parts, inshallah ta'ala. The first part is the question itself. He goes to the Prophet ﷺ and he says, tell me something that, uh, you know, I won't have to ask anybody after you. So what is the implication here? Obviously, the implication is not that this sahabi is saying, I want you to condense all the rulings and all of the law of Islam into one sentence. Because that's ridiculous. How? How can you explain everything about wudu and salah times and Ramadan and halal and haram food and clothing, etc.? You can't. Obviously, that's... So to think that he's saying, summarize for me everything into one sentence doesn't make any sense. So rather, let's think of it from a different perspective, which actually would make sense. He is rather saying, what? Give me a general guiding principle. Give me like a motto. Give me something that's going to fuel me. And that's going to like be a sort of a general guiding light to help me, you know, get through this life. And so this is what he's asking. Now, what's so beautiful and critical about this hadith that I really want all of us, honestly, this might be the one takeaway. If you remember this one takeaway, inshallah, it could be sufficient. What is this takeaway? The Sahaba were fond of attaining knowledge they can apply. Notice that he wasn't saying, teach me something big and fancy and impressive that everybody will know I'm so smart and so knowledgeable. Teach me about the most complex, intricate thing that everybody will say, wow, this guy, he knows his stuff. He wasn't interested about fancy information. That wasn't the focus. The focus was something short and sweet, but something I want to apply. How often is it the case that we want Oh, send me the PDF on this big topic, you know, so I can have it with me, you know, if ever I want to, you know, as a reference point, then I can feel real smart that I have all this big library of things. I never read the books and forget about applying it. But the fact that I have this huge library behind me, oh, look at me, I'm so smart, you know. SubhanAllah, this is unfortunately a reality that oftentimes it's not about application. The idea is about just having information or knowing information, citing information using it to contradict other people, but application seems to be last on the list. And the Sahaba, subhanAllah, in particularly this hadith, and in other hadith as, as well, you find the focus is actually flipped. The focus is what? I don't care about, you know, uh, super theoretical, complex ideas, as much as I want what? I want practical things, what I need to know. Tell me what I need to know that I can live by, I can actually do it. Sometimes people come up to me, or anybody, it's not about me, they come up and they ask someone, you know, is this halal or haram? And am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed to do that? And one of the first instincts that I have or anybody should have is what? 
Let's say it's, I say it's haram. Are you actually going to stop it? Are you actually going to get away from it? You know, this, let's be honest. Before you go up and you ask anybody about halal or haram, ask yourself, if he says it's halal, am I going to do it? If he says it's fard, let's put it that way. If it's, if it's an obligation, is this an obligation or not? If I say yes, are you going to actually follow it? If I bring you the evidence, are you going to, are you going to apply it? If I say it's haram, cut it out of your life. Are you going to cut it out of your life? Why are you even asking? Just for the fun of information? So subhanAllah, you can see this sahabi, his mindset is completely different than, unfortunately, many of our mindsets. And Allah knows best. So, yes, there's something very beautiful in asking something short, recognizing that the objective isn't to brag about vast knowledge, rather, the objective is implementation. So then, so that's the first portion, the actual question itself. So let's take a look at the response. Then the Prophet says what? Qala, qul. He says, say. I want to stop there. That, I made that its own section. Why? Because obviously, the Prophet could have said, Amin, believe. Amin billah, believe in Allah. But instead, the Prophet put it very differently. Say, I believe in Allah. It's a little odd, isn't it? Like, why not just say, believe in Allah and remain steadfast upon that? No, no, I want you to declare it. I want you to say it. Yes, of course, it has to be in your heart. Obviously, it's not just a statement on your lips, and then it has no reality in your heart. Obviously, we're not saying that. But there is something powerful here. It's teaching us about what? The power of words. The power of words. Not something to be taken lightly. That there's a difference between saying, believe in it, which we should, which we must as believers, alhamdulillah. But there's something extra when you say, I want you to say it, I want you to declare it. When you tell yourself something, when you say it out loud, when you let the people know, when you are proud of something, or when you let your family and your friends know, it is, it's something that becomes more firm in your head and in your heart and in your lifestyle. And this is very true of, you know, sometimes people are even afraid to talk about their future plans. Because they're not that serious about it. But if you have the courage to say, this is what I plan to do. I plan to build this. I want to be the first person to do that. I want to be the, you know, I don't know. I want to create something amazing. I want to cure this, or I want to fix that, or I want to, you know, some great plans. If you have the courage to actually say it out loud, that in and of itself is a huge step. So never neglect the power of words, because this hadith could have said what? Believe. Amin billah. But it didn't. It said, Say, make this statement clear to yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror. I'm, this is my own addition, but I'm just saying. Think of it from this perspective. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, this is who I am. Make sure your own ears hear it. Subhanallah. So that you have the power of words on your side. That you, it's something that's like a mantra. You put it into your mind. Subhanallah. Now, this brings up a small question. When it comes to my future plans, should I go around telling everybody? And the answer is no. In fact, there's a specific hadith that mentions this. Uh, the Prophet says, "Istainu ala injah al-hawaiji bil kitman, fa inna kulladi ni'matin mahsudun." That seek help in successful, successfully fulfilling your needs with secrecy, for indeed each person with a blessing is envied. In other words, you see that if you want to fulfill your needs, if you want to, you know, pursue a certain path, then Take, seek help in, in, in pursuing this path and being successful in this path with what? Bilkitman. By being secretive about it. Don't go around bragging and telling everybody in the world about your issue. So this now you might say that, okay, you're telling us one thing, you're telling us another thing. It seems like a contradiction. Well, wallahu ta'ala a'lam, this is the way I see it and wallahu this is my perspective on the matter. When it comes to well-wishers, when it comes to close family and friends who are genuinely in your corner, who genuinely want you to, want to see you succeed, I think it's actually very important to not just say I have plans, but to actually tell them and to be courageous enough to say this is who I want to be and this is what I want to pursue. When it comes to everybody else, not necessary. If you want to start a business and you know, uh, you know, everybody's asking what are you up to and this and that, 
when it comes to people that you don't really know very well, people that are just sort of, you know, uh, acquaintances and so forth, oh, you know, I'm, I'm working on things. You know, I'm not, obviously don't lie, I'm not encouraging any sort of deception, but it's not important that you tell them, oh, this is my game plan, and I want to be the first one to invent this, and I'm, I'm working on some sort of project. Why? Why share it with people that are, could be jealous of you, that might share your idea with other people, that might try to be first and beat you to it, and so on and so forth, or just might be jealous, right, and give you some sort of negative energy, or naysayers. Some people, it's like they wake up in the morning, it's like their only goal is to tell everybody how wrong their ideas are. Oh, that, that's never going to work. Nobody asked you. <laughs> you know, some people are so negative. That's it. They just want to, they just want to say, no, 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 that can never happen. No, I know. I know 10 people that tried it. They don't know anybody that tried it. They just have to say it. Sometimes people, they're like that. SubhanAllah. They just have to be negative. And it's very sad, but some people are that way. So you don't need to share with everybody. But I do think it's important that you share with people that are close, people that are well-wishers, people that are good, and that you have the courage to speak your goals out loud. And Allah knows best. So finally getting around to the actual, you know, the main part, portion of the hadith. Say what? Amantu billah. So two parts here. The most beautiful about both of these parts is that you see that they encompass internal and external. Internally have faith. Externally practice it and you need to implement it into your life. Okay, so you see that it's covering both the internal and external aspects of a person's life. Now, if we go into more detail, Believing in Allah encompasses all the necessary beliefs in Allah. And obviously this is a whole aqidah course about what it means to believe in Tawheed properly. And usually you find that this is broken up into the main three categories of Rububiyya, Uluhiyya, Asma wa Sifat. And Rububiyya is implying what? Knowledge that Allah Ta'ala is the creator, the sustainer, the master, the all-powerful. He controls everything. And Uluhiyya is the implication that what? Allah Ta'ala is not only the one who controls and has power over everything, but therefore He is deserving of all worship and all praise. And, and, and this is uluhiyya, that you are um, uh, restricting your, your ven- uh, reverence and, and veneration and, and worship to only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then asma wa sifat is re- referring to all the names and attributes and qualities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has that are only His, being all hearing, all powerful, all seeing. And you know, we know the 99 names and there's more than 99 names. Just, just because there's a hadith about 99 names doesn't mean that there's only 99 names. I hope that's clear for everybody. But there is a hadith about that saying that it's, you know, you get a special reward for uh, memorizing them, making dua through them, having them like live through your life. And so that hadith is very important. Anyway, I digress. This is what it means to believe. Now, you could ask the question, why would the Prophet ﷺ tell a believer to believe? The guy's a believer. So why would the Prophet ﷺ tell him, قُلْ آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ <laughs> ya Rasulullah. <laughs> you know, the answer could be, you know, I do believe in Allah. So there's two perspectives on as to why, why, why the Prophet ﷺ is telling a believer that say I believe in Allah. The number one, the most, I think the most straightforward is renew and confirm. As in, when you, when you say La ilaha illallah over and over and over again, it gets it stronger and stronger in your heart. And this is similar to the ayah in which Allah Ta'ala says what? Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, aminu. Right? Allah Ta'ala says, O oh, you, oh, you who have believed, believe. What does this mean? I already, you just described me as those who believed, right? So what is the implication? That make it stronger and, uh, you know, uh, confirm that faith. There's a second interpretation, which is also fascinating, which, me, which is what? That this is actually a message to every human being. So it's as if the Prophet is speaking to one person, but through you, I'm talking to everybody, believers and non-believers. So everybody has to know what are the guiding principles. And so whether you're a believer or not is not the point. The point is that this message is going to go out to the masses. And so you need to know the foundation of Islam. And what is it? Belief in Allah and then remaining firm upon this. You see, you see the difference? So I, I find both, both perspectives very, very beautiful and very uh, fascinating. So this is perhaps the most comprehensive term in the whole hadith, which is uh, istiqama. Yastaqimu uh, istiqamatan. So what does istiqama imply? Istiqama 
comes from the word qama yaqum, which means to stand and to be erect, right? Uh, you know, uh, it's uh, qiyam, qiyamul layl, right? Aqim uh, salah etc. This word istiqama implies three things. One, it means to be right and correct. Meaning what? That declare your faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. amantu billah. Say that you believe in Allah and then be right by it. Be correct upon that. Be true to it. Don't be false to it. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't say, I believe in Allah, and then act in a different way. So say, declare your faith. Say it out loud. Make sure that you declare it firmly. And then what? Be true to that. Be correct. Be, be, be right by it. Another interpret or meaning of the word istiqama means to be direct. To go straight and to be direct. In other words, say you believe in Allah and go directly and keep on working your way towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without distractions. فَاسْتَقِمْ As in, keep going straight and don't be distracted by side thing this and side thing that and everything's catching my attention and slowing me down. Don't be like that. Say you believe in Allah and then keep your eye on the prize. Keep going, working your way towards Jannah. Insha'Allah ta'ala, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enter us into paradise. Ameen ya rabbil alameen. And the third interpretation of, or third maybe uh, you know, definition here of the word istiqama is what? To be regular, to be consistent. Istiqama means consistency. So say I believe in Allah and be consistent upon that. Not that you are firm upon it and you are strong upon it, but just for a little while. Make sure that you hold on to it. Now subhanAllah, what does the Qur'an juxtapose this concept of istiqama against? So you'll find that it is contrasted. So for instance, we have ayat like, فَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَ And then Allah Ta'ala says what? وَمَنْ تَابَ مَعَكَ وَلَا تَطْغَوْ So you see that istiqama is contrasted with tughiyan. So the idea here is what? That Allah is saying, so remain steadfast as you have been commanded, and those who have turned, uh, to, turned back as in repented with you, uh, turned back to Allah Ta'ala with, along with you, as in the believers, and do not transgress. Istiqama is what? Here being contrasted with tughiyan, going overboard, going into excess, just, you know, not being focused and pouring into one, you know, nonsense issue and the other and being distracted all the time. Another thing that is uh, contra, oh by the way, in terms of this ayah, subhanAllah, it's in Surah Al-Hud. And this ayah in particular, you find that Mufassirin say that this is the ayah in which the Prophet said what? Shayyabatni hudun wa akhawatuha. That the Prophet has a beautiful, incredible hadith where he said, Hud and its sister surahs made me go gray. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala, Wallahu alam, this seems to be the interpretation that Allah told him what in this ayah? Fastaqim kama umirta. Stay on, stay consistent. Stay on the straight path as you've been commanded. In other words, what? No deviating. Consistency. This is what stressed out the Prophet ﷺ. He said, it made me go gray. The idea that Allah is saying, what? Don't just be who you are, the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, etc. No, fastaqim. You have to be consistent. You have to be persistent. No deviation. SubhanAllah, this was such a pressure that it made the Prophet ﷺ go gray. SubhanAllah. Istiqama is, SubhanAllah, such a difficult thing. You know, Alhamdulillah, we come to the masjid. It's easy to be in your best behavior. It's easy to practice your deen. But are you that same person when you leave the masjid? And subhanAllah, I point to myself. Believe me, I'm not trying to point to everybody else and claim that, oh no, I got it. No, subhanAllah, all of us. SubhanAllah, istiqama is the hardest thing. And if you want any proof of that, you know what the easiest proof is? We are commanded to say, اِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ 17 times a day. That's how hard istiqama is. 17 times a day, you're commanded to say, guide me upon the path of istiqama, upon the straight path, uh, upon the consistent path, upon the true path, this mustaqim path. Keep me on this, ya Allah. Why would you have to keep asking for it over and over and over again? Why? Because throughout your day, you keep on getting distracted. You keep on falling short. You keep on going a little bit, veering off to the left or veering off to the right, instead of sticking onto that straight path. Istiqama, this is how hard it is. This is the comment of Imam al-Ghazali, rahimullah. He said that it's such a difficult thing that Allah commands us in every single rak'ah you have to make dua for istiqama. That's how difficult this thing is, subhanAllah. 
Another thing that is contrasted with uh, uh, istiqama is what? Uh, following the, the desires of the masses. In other words, being swept away with whatever is popular. Allah Ta'ala says in Surah uh, uh, Shura, فَلِذَلِكَ فَدْعُوا وَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَ وَلَا تَتَّبِعْ أَهْوَاءَهُمْ So, upon that, upon that religion of Islam, invite, invite the people, give da'wah and call the people to this religion, and remain on a right course as you are commanded, and what? What's the opposite? What is the juxtaposition or the contrast? Do not follow their inclinations. So, Tughiyan, going in all, you know, uh, excess, and, and, and going in excess in whatever desires you have, that's one uh, opposite, you could say, of istiqama. And the other opposite is what? Following the desires of the people. In other words, getting caught up in uh, what is popular and what is, you know, uh, whatever is, um, you know, popular at the time. SubhanAllah, it's so amazing that we live in, a, in, a, in an age where people don't have any beliefs. Many people, they don't believe in anything. And because of that, they don't have any consistent values or meaning in life uh, or any purpose in life. And so they just say, you know, values are whatever we make them. One day something's right, one day something's wrong. Uh, purpose is whatever I make it. One day my purpose is to do this, the other day my purpose is to do that. And so everything is in flux. Some people, they get genuinely sick and tired of this constant flux. And they think, is there anything that is actually firm and, uh, you know, fixed, thabit, anything that is, you know, actually consistent in this world? People get sick of this. And subhanAllah, they search and they search different religions to see, is there a God? Is there a concept of right and wrong? Is there a concept that, uh, of purpose that is actually, uh, you know, firm and, and, and provable? And, 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 you know, not, not shaky. And subhanAllah, what does Allah say? إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا ذِكْرٌ لِلْعَالَمِينَ لِمَنْ شَاءَ مِنْكُمْ أَنْ يَسْتَقِيمُ How beautiful. If you're sick and tired, if you're sick and tired of everything being subjective, if you're sick and tired of everything being in flux, and everything just meaning nothing, and being purposeless and meaningless and so forth, subhanAllah, this Qur'an says what? This Qur'an, it is nothing but a reminder to the worlds for whoever wills amongst you that he wants to have istiqamah. Anybody who's sick and tired of everything being in flux and you want actual istiqama, you want consistency in your life, this is the book for you. It's so, it's so beautiful the way Allah Ta'ala puts it. You want istiqama? This is the book you need. Just read this Qur'an. Just memorize, just live by this Qur'an. SubhanAllah. Then, final few comments inshaAllah. Another narration says, ثُمَّ استقم. So there's فَاسْتَقِمْ and ثُمَّ استقم, which both, both of them mean and then, thereafter. Uh, 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 you know, be persistent. The fact that knowledge comes before, or you could say the internal aspect comes before the external aspect. The fact that it says, believe in Allah internally, have knowledge and understanding, and then apply it, and then remain steadfast on it, implies what? That subhanAllah, you, you must have uh, knowledge before action. Actually, we were talking about this in class just uh, today uh, with some of the students about how subhanAllah, some people of different religions, they become so engrossed in the faith because their passions, because they're in love with their religion, and they put all the, you know, believing and faith and action and, 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 and they become very practicing before they actually study the religion. And, and that's the, the whole idea is what? If you want to get to a destination, first you figure out what highways to get on. Then you hit the gas, right? Then you pedal your bicycle or then you run as fast as you can. First you have to figure out the direction. If you, if you just say, I'm so passionate, I'm going, to start, I'm going to start running. You don't even know what direction you're running in, right? SubhanAllah, there are many people that that's the way they practice their faith, unfortunately. It's much better to figure out what makes sense intellectually. And by the way, you can give the same analogy with marriage. It's the same thing. You fall in love with the girl and before you even get to know her properly, or a guy for that matter, vice versa, it makes, it makes no difference. What should you do? You should first say to yourself, let me, before I give my heart to this person, let me hold back and intellectually analyze, are we actually compatible? Once the compatibility is there on an intellectual level, then absolutely give your heart all the way. 
I know it's not very romantic. You know, everybody wants to <laughs> say like, you know, no, just fall in love and, you know, all the feelings and, uh, you know, the, the head doesn't matter. SubhanAllah. That's how what? Heartbreak happens usually, right? But if you want to be smart about it, same thing with the deen. Figure out, is this the truth? And if it's the truth, then fall in love with it. SubhanAllah. So anyway, Allah Alam. Yes. Where are we most inconsistent? It seems that the Prophet ﷺ says, with regards to our words and our sexuality, with regards to the private parts. The Prophet ﷺ says, what? Men yadman li ma bayna lahyehi wa ma bayna rijlehi adman lahu al jannah. Whoever can, gar- can guarantee what is between their two jawbones and what is between the two legs, then I can guarantee for them paradise. What is this implying? That Alhamdulillah, when it comes to consistency, maybe there's many things that we are consistent with. But the, the things that we get thrown off the most, backbiting, slandering, talking bad about people, right? Insulting people, belittling people, the tongue. And then what? Obviously the desires when they overtake people's senses. The Prophet says also, لا يستقيم إيمان عبد حتى يستقيم قلبه ولا يستقيم قلبه حتى يستقيم لسانه That the faith of a person will not be straight until his heart is made straight. And his heart will not be made straight until his tongue is made straight. Even more emphasis on the tongue. Subhanallah. You want to make sure your heart's in the right place? Pay attention to what you say. If you can speak properly, inshallah, your heart's going to get straight. If your heart's straight, then your iman is proper, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. Everybody will fall short. This is why in Surah Fusilat, Allah says, فَاسْتَقِيمُوا إِلَيْهِ وَاسْتَغْفِرُوهُ SubhanAllah, the fact that Allah put those two together is such a relief. Because istiqama is such a hard thing that we're going to fall short. So Allah says, have istiqama, istaqimu ilayhi. Be consistent and straight towards Allah. But since you know you're going to fall short, وَاسْتَغْفِرُوهُ Then seek His forgiveness, because you know you're not going to be 100%. The Prophet says what? يَا إِيُهَا النَّاسُ إِنَّكُمْ لَن تُطِيقُوا أَوْ لَن تَفْعَلُوا كُلَّ مَا أُمِرْتُمْ بِهِ وَلَكِنْ سَدِّدُوا وَأَبْشِرُوا SubhanAllah. Look how this is so merciful. In Abu Dawood, it's a Hassan hadith. O oh people, you will not be able and you cannot, you're not able to do what? Everything that you are ordered. You're never going to be perfect. So what? So be upright. سَدِّدُوا Be moderate. Be upright. Try your best. And what? أَبْشِرُوا Try your best. Even if you fall short, just be happy that you've done your best and inshallah Allah Ta'ala will accept what you want. Another hadith is what? Saddidu wa qaribu. Saddidu can mean what? Be upright, be straight, or it could also mean be moderate. In other words, try your best but you might fall short. Wa qaribu or close to that. It's almost as if the Prophet is saying what? Shoot for the mark or at least around the mark. You know, try to hit the mark but at least try to hit around it. You know, saddidu wa qaribu. Try to hit directly or around it at least do your best. SubhanAllah, beautiful hadith. And to finally mention two final du'as inshallah ta'ala, one du'a from the Prophet ﷺ, specifically with regards to this issue of istiqama and having this idea, this ability to remain consistent and firm upon what we believe. The Prophet ﷺ used to make frequently that uh, Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, he says what? Can an yukthiru an yaqul? That often the Prophet he would hear, imagine listening to the Prophet constantly making this du'a, saying what? Allahumma ya muqallib al-qulub, thabbit qalbi ala dinik. So we can make this in the singular or you can say it in the, in the plural. Ya muqallib al-qulub, thabit qulubana ala dinik. Right? It's also in the plural. Which is what? O turner of the hearts. Because the word qalb comes from taqallub, which means to flip around. You know, you're happy, you're sad, you're feeling good, you're feeling bad. You know, emotions are very quick to change. So ya muqallib al-qulub, O turner of the hearts. Thabit qulubana. Make our hearts firm upon dinik, upon your faith, upon your uh, way of life, your religion. Deen al-Islam. And finally, I'll mention the last hadith, inshallah ta'ala, for today, is a beautiful uh, dua that is attributed to Abu Bakr, as-Siddiq, anhu. Allah alam about the authenticity, but I, inshallah, uh, the hadith is what? That he would make this dua, Allahumma ja'alni khayra mimma yadhunnoon, wa la tu'akhidhni bima yaqulun, waghfir li ma la ya'lamun. That, oh Allah, make me, make me even better than what they think. So imagine, when people think good of you, and you're like, I know I'm not that consistent. 
I may be consistent in the masjid, but I know when I leave the masjid, I'm not that consistent. So you feel ashamed of it. We, should, we, we all do. I'm, I don't think anybody is as perfect as they are in the masjid, outside the masjid. It's, subhanAllah, it would be amazing if you could, but subhanAllah, we all fall short. And so what, what is this dua? He's saying, what? Oh Allah, make me better than what they think. They think of me as good. Oh Allah, make me better than even that. And then what? Don't take me to account for what they say about me. So they're, you know he's so good? You know he's so good? Ya Allah, don't, don't hold me to account for what they're saying. I know I'm worse than what they're saying. And then finally, And forgive me for what they don't know about me. Every, everything that I, uh, uh, that, that my problems in secret, Ya Allah, uh, forgive me for those uh, problems. So subhanAllah, what a beautiful dua of humility. And so, alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala does not demand istiqamah upon us. And so this is such a great, I mean, yes it is demanded upon us, but Allah knows that we're going to fall short. And Allah accepts our repentance, let me, let me say that a little bit more clearly. And so alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah, we should be grateful that Allah Ta'ala accepts us even with our flaws, and that we always can turn back to Him with uh, tawbah and repentance. And so may Allah Ta'ala make us of people of repentance, and, and may Allah make us of those who are as firm as we can possibly be on Surat al-Mustaqim, Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. And with that we close. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.